Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and The Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. It's not often in this business where you get to stay in the same organization and build a scalable brand for the majority of your career. Our next guest was able to do just that, as I'm excited to have Chris Nicolas, Executive Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at the American Hockey League. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. Appreciate it. Chris, always excited to chat with you, and and let's kick it off where we started. You joined the American Hockey League 24 years ago. Did you ever imagine you'd still be there today? I think it's hard to predict that you're going to stay with one company uh, in any industry for for that long. So when I started, I mean, it was 1999, so the joke is I started last century. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I I love what I do. Uh, It's a terrific league, um, and I work with great people. And that goes a long way, right? So you're going to hear probably some of these themes repeated over the course of uh, the next uh, little while as we, as we talk here. But uh, I had a great boss in Dave Andrews for, for over 20 years, uh, a leader in the industry, uh, someone that could have done any job in hockey. And we were lucky to have him with us for almost a quarter century. Um, and I learned so much from him. And he always kept it interesting. He challenged us. He expected a lot from us. Um, but as we built the league as a group with his leadership, our, our staff, our board, uh, it was just an incredible journey. And I honestly never really looked to leave. You know, I, as I talked with my kids along the way to get to do this job, you know, here close to home for my wife and I surrounded by family uh, and for my kids too, for their cousins and their aunts and uncles and, and my wife and I, my wife, Denise and our, and our siblings, uh, our parents, it, it's meant a lot. And uh, I, I, the grass may be greener. I've never cared to look uh, whether some things have come up over the course of time or not, but uh, that's fine. It's flattering. But for me, you know, this is what I committed to doing. I enjoy it. And the minute I don't feel like I'm giving 100% of the league, giving them full value, feeling the same way, uh, I'll say so because they deserve better. But this long in and I get up each day and uh, I love what I get to do. You know, not every day is a, a big uh, bag of roses, as they say, but day in and day out to work in sports, to do it here with this league and the sport. It's been a huge opportunity and one that I, I haven't really wanted to let go. No, and that's awesome. I certainly appreciate transparency, Chris. I think that's been the, the cool thing about 52 Weeks of Hustles. We've had people on here that have, you know, have relocated a couple of times to a def- couple different opportunities or people that have been able to stay at the same organization. And, you know, I think a lot of it goes back to people. And, and that's what I'm glad you talked about. You know, the, the common theme right now is how do you recruit? And then also how do you retain your top team members? And the, and the league office certainly has done a great job. And so now, you're always kind of into sports, playing sports. I know your kids are into sports. And, you know, back in the day, you went you went to Union College, you received a degree in political science, and then on to Springfield College to receive your master's in sports management. And so 
I guess going back and, and I know you and I have talked about, you know, kind of that, that pan mass challenge, like what is your why and, and what did you want to do? Well, the why uh, for me is a pretty easy one and it, it's my family and there's a lot that, that spins away from that, but uh, it's to obviously to, 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 to be here with them, to provide for them, uh, to have fun with them and to set a good example for them. Um, I, I've, I've been married. I'll be married 20 years. I've been married. I have a wife, Denise, I have twin daughters that are 15 and a son that's 13. Um, and just consider myself uh, very fortunate to, to be here with them doing what we do. And that's, that's the biggest piece of it connected to that. You know, I, I, I have great parents. I lost my dad seven years ago, but the example they set, uh, we, I grew up in a restaurant. That's what we did growing up and we still own it. So, you know, the, the ability to learn to work hard and really appreciate uh, hard work uh, came from them along with a lot of other things. Uh, and from there as well, you know, I have great sisters and, and, and a huge group of friends that really drives me. This job drives me uh, for sure. Uh, I, I know you can be in one place this long. And uh, uh, even if you want to stay, if you're not doing a good job, they'll find a way to make sure that <laughs> yeah, you may not be there. You find some other opportunities. So, um, you know, through, especially through the last couple of years, Dave uh, retired uh, just right after COVID hit. The first day we met our new president, Scott Housen, who's done a terrific job over the last two years, was that day, the day everything shut down with the, with the NBA game in, in, in Golden State. Um, so that's, that's a heck of a transition for him and, and a challenge for all of us. We lost staff, but we, we've learned so much over the last couple of years. We bound together, worked through it, and I think we're poised for a big year. And, and that's just, for me, one more example of uh, you know, why I appreciate this league and the sport and this group of people as much as I do. It's not easy to, to come through in, in that fashion with no games and a half a season and no fans and no playoffs for three years and no all-star right. events. And, you know, you can't sell sponsorships if you don't have people in the building and so on right. and so forth. But we did all that. And I think it just, again, goes to the heart of it, which is we have a, a great foundation, a great culture, and, and that really has helped uh, carry us through. And I, I think we're going to have a monster year upcoming. That's, that's yeah. my expectation. No, I'm super excited about that. And, you know, the American Hockey League, they consist of, of 32 teams. And over the last decade, every team in the league has had an affiliation agreement with one of the NHL teams. And so how has that process built over time, even since you started? Well, it's uh, it's planning and it's preparation. And uh, if I had to put uh, a few words in place for um, Dave Andrews and the example he set in the leadership that, uh, that he had in place to grow this league, he had a plan and a plan at that time, we were still contending with the international hockey league, which was trying to do the same thing that we were doing, which is be that top uh, development league for the national hockey league. Luckily uh, we, you know, we, we won that battle. We absorbed six of their franchises in, in 2001 and we went from there. Uh, but it wasn't by accident. You know, there was a plan there to eventually get to exactly where we are, which is to be that, uh, that league that, uh, that survived for lack of a better term, that, that battle and that, that period of time uh, to, really focus on the NHL relationship on the ice and off. And if we make a list of our partners that we do, we go to op planning like a lot. We have offsite meetings. We discuss what we're trying to do and how the NHL partnership top to bottom, the office in New York, uh, their teams, 21 of which are own teams in our league is always near the top of the list. And it has to be. Um, so it's not by accident we, we, that we ended up here. Uh, it was a, uh, some tough times along the way, some real challenges. Um, but that's been the goal and we're here now and uh, we'll be at the biggest number of teams we've ever had uh, in four weeks. We are officially now, but until they play in Coachella Valley and Palm Springs, that'll be team 32 and uh, owned and operated by the Seattle Kraken. Yep. And away we go. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been quite a ride to be a part of that. 
Certainly an impressive feat. And, and you know, Chris, in, in your role now, you oversee all of the AHL business development and marketing initiatives. You manage broadcast partnerships and all exclusive relationships. And so I know the easy answer is, hey, no day is the same. But walk the listeners through kind of a day or a, a week on your end. Well, it, it is true. And I think that's part of the reason I'm drawn to uh, this job as much as I have been. And all things be equal, if someone has spent time working at, at, at the minor pro level, and I don't use the, the M word very often, but um, in that, that context, it's fine. Uh, I know they've had to hustle. They've had to, uh, to be creative, resourceful, resilient. Uh, and that goes a long way. And that, that's the case here as well. I mean, there are days and I keep, I'm a big legal pad guy. I have lists. We all have our technology, but the legal pad's always going as well. There'll be days when I have a full list of things I want to get to. I may not get to any of them, but I've had a really productive day because a lot of it is, you know, what's coming. Are there matters with our teams that are that are happening? Is there other situations? COVID, for an example, that really for the better part of you know, that time, I, did, I didn't do a whole lot else um, like others in our office. Um, so there, there is there are a lot of things to get done. The list never really never ends. Never ends. And I like that. I like the variety. But, you know, it's everything from our broadcast partners to our online streaming, to our online store, to our licensing program, to our sponsorship, to our equipment suppliers. And we have a great group at Springfield. I'm by no means taking credit for, for all of that. I'm involved in most of it, but um, you know the folks, you met Sean LeBoyne in our office in Chicago, uh, Sean Smith in our office, really the whole group that contribute to making those things happen. Um, but I like the ability to go from, from one to the next. And, and we need to do that here. We don't have a choice. Right. Um, it's on our toes, keeps us busy, but uh, it's helped get us to, uh, to the point where we're at now. Absolutely. And, you know, a big responsibility of yours that you, you just mentioned is assisting teams from the league level in a variety of their business verticals. And so there's sometimes it's, it's on the phone, it's on Zooms, but you're also traveling as you talk to owners and C-level executives and really everyone else. What are the key characteristics of the most successful people that really stand out to you? Well, I, I, I think a really important one is passion. Uh, I think you really have to love what you do. Uh, especially doing what we do in sports. It, uh, if you, you can't fake that, you, know, you really have to really enjoy it and, and take a lot of pride in it. Uh, so, you know, pride and passion, uh, I think are, are really important. Obviously you have to know uh, your product cold. You have to know what your business is, what the opportunities and um, uh, what the strengths and weaknesses, all of it, SWOT analysis, like all the time, basically. Um, but, you know, being for our team to be successful, uh, strong leadership at the ownership level, providing resources for their staffs, um, finding staff, training staff, and finding a way to keep your best staff uh, and to be able to maximize resources. Um, you know, the, the path to success in our league is easy to lay out. It may not be easy to execute, but we've seen time and time again that if you have an ownership that is committed, if you're providing resources, if you're looking at things as uh, not just a cost, but an investment and keeping an open mind about that, and uh, you can make it work. Uh, but it's not easy. I mean, there, if there ever was a day you could open the door and people just flooded in, other than maybe a handful of teams across professional sports, it, it, those days are done uh, in our league. You have to work person by person and continue to build those relationships. And those are the, the hallmark pieces that I've seen from our teams that are most successful uh, year in and year out. And there's no common thread. Canadian, U.S., big, small, traditional, non-traditional. Some of our most successful teams are in places you may not expect. San Diego absolutely kills it every year because they do a lot of the things I just outlined, you know, yeah. our team in Iowa and Des Moines, the same. I, I don't like naming a team or two because there's probably another dozen I could name as well, but again and again, we see that they're doing similar things. And those are the things that I see that are most important uh, to, to their success. 
No, absolutely. And, and Chris, I know, you know, as I worked in the NBA league office in the past, at times, one of the challenges is you aren't necessarily in the market. You, now you're coming in this year, you have 32 teams. It's going to be impossible for you to go to all 32 teams in a year. Um, and so your office, as you mentioned, is located there in Springfield. And, and how have you and your team evolved over the years in ensuring that communication and collaboration is just always there with teams that you can assist with? Well, we've worked hard to build the relationship with our teams over the course of time, and I don't know that the league team dynamic is is always a, always a positive one in, in, in all sports. It's really important to us, and I think we learned that lesson. I learned that lesson early on. Um, Dave Andrews ran a team in our league. He was the guy for our team in Cape Breton. Uh, did everything there was to do to, to run a team, and he, he from an early my early start at the HL, it was continually hammered home that teams are busy. They have a lot going on. Uh, so if we're asking them for things, there has to be a good reason for it, that we give enough time to do it, that we're explaining what it is that we need, and that we're respectful of their time at, at all times. If we're trying to you know, show them that we're there to help them, to back them up, that we have their back, that we, they were not there to be the league, the big brother, spying, so on and so forth. And that's always stuck with me, and it still does. And uh, I, I, I think if you ask our teams, uh, they would tell you just that from the board level down. Um, and never do we see that more than with our, with our team business services program, which is our department that's uh, that's modeled loosely after the NBA's Teambo program and has been hugely successful to, to us over the last 15 years to keeping our business strong and, and having it grow. So I think you just need to operate with, you know, we are there for you, we're a resource for you, we work for you and not the other way around. Um, and not all of our staff travels. I mean, our, our VP of hockey, uh, Haley Moore, will be on the road. Scott Housel will be on the, on the road quite a bit. But even they don't get to all 32 teams. So you have to rely on calls and, and video yep. calls, especially the last two years, um, and to just be smart about it and not just fire off emails to your, to your teams and expect they're just going to do whatever you ask. But pick up the phone, make the outreach, and call them when you don't need stuff. Call to check in. Yeah, when you check in. That's, yep. that's one of the biggest things with our group is that – don't always make it that when you're making an outreach, it's because they missed the deadline or you're waiting on something or did you forget about this? Just pick up the phone and, and see how things are going there. So um, I think it served us well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Chris Nicholas, Executive Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at the American Hockey League. And so, Chris, let's get into three hot topics. And starting with question one, many times development 
league teams are in the same markets as professional sports teams, which certainly can make it a difficult sell. So what do you see the most successful teams in the AHL doing despite any other competition in that marketplace? Yeah, I think it can be even harder in those big cities uh, because there's just more competition. Um, I think for a long time, there was the thought that if you're in the same city, you can just piggyback on that franchise and, and make it work. It, it, it doesn't happen. Right. No matter where you are in our league, you need to have a separate focused team that's selling the HL brand. Uh, and we've seen good examples and bad examples over the course of time. Um, and But I think it's finally sunk in with our teams that no matter where you are, no matter who might own you. So if you're a team in San Jose or, or Winnipeg uh, or now in Calgary, just because you're in the same city is not a guarantee that you're going to fill your building area. You still have to go at it probably even more so right. uh, than you might otherwise. Uh, but again, those things we touched, touched upon earlier um, in terms of a real commitment to a plan, long-term planning, being prepared, knowing your product, selling your product, really connecting with your fans. I think all of that becomes even more magnified when you're in the same city uh, as your NHL franchise, because if you're in the same city as your NHL franchise, there's a pretty good chance there are at least one or two other major league franchises, plus universities, plus PGA or NASCAR and all the rest. So you need to really find a way to, to carve out your niche. And I think our teams are in, in a better position to do that now uh, than ever. There's always room to grow. Uh, but over the course of time, I think we've just gotten more sophisticated as a league and how we go about doing that. Um, and it's a collaborative effort. You know, it's teams are working directly with each other as well with our office. Uh, and that's fine with us. However, they're sharing information and, and getting better and smarter. Um, it, that's fine with us. And I think that's happening more now than it ever has before. And I think advice in general, to your point, is like no matter what market you're in, no matter what you're selling, there's going to be some sort of competition. It might be other sports teams. It might be golf. It might be you know racing. It might be parks. It might be you know recreation. And so it's it's you know kind of compete with everything you do and and really focus on you know dominating your day. And so, Chris, question two: Throughout your career with the AHL, there have been teams that have had to be relocated due to the NHL parents club influence to be closer to that market. And so, how do you feel like teams and more importantly the business? You unit has adopted to sometimes those massive changes i think they've they've adapted very well to that uh, we've had a couple of big movements of teams i mentioned in 2001 we launched a number of teams in the midwest uh, going back seven years we, we moved five teams to, to california to be closer to their affiliates out that way um, as you can imagine lining up the movement of five teams to match up leases in their current cities and what the nhl teams might want have it all happen at the same time is a challenge, but one that the league met with Dave's leadership. Uh, but it really was almost seamless. And now we have twice that number of teams out there. We've added a team in uh, Henderson, Nevada. We have a team in Tucson. We have a team in Colorado. We had another team in California, Palm Springs. So a third of our league is out West now, which if you turn back the clock 20 years, even 15 years, you would have thought, well, hold on a second. Um, but it's a credit to, I think, our teams chiefly, uh, their NHL partners, as well as our office, to do all we can to make sure that if those moves are important to the NHL and to the teams uh, that, that own teams in our league, while at the same time allowing our independently owned teams to, to continue to thrive, let's make it happen. And we have, and it's given us a national presence and it, it's paid off uh, big. And, you know, the, the changes in travel costs and different things had to be mitigated, but we have a pretty, a really good group of ownership and, and, and leadership in our league that on the ice are trying to, every point matters, every game matters, and they're going after it. Yeah. But off the ice, you're trying to work as much as they can collaborate to make this whole thing uh, work. And it has to be that way at our level. You have to, you have to have that or you're going to end up, quite frankly, where some other leagues have ended up inside of hockey and out. Yep, absolutely. And finally, question three, in addition to all your responsibilities and, and the work on the consistent basis there with the league office, 
we've talked about a few times, your, your father, three kids, very active with their own activities. How do you balance personal and work life while being on the road as well? Well, you know, it's not easy for me. Like it, I'm sure it isn't for a lot of people. Um, at, the, at the start of it, I have a terrific wife who's very understanding and uh, knows what I do. It's going to require whether it's travel or longer hours, whatever it might be. And she gets it and my kids get it as well. Um, but when I am not there and I'm at home at a game, at a school event, um, that that's what I'm doing. I'm not out in the hallway on the phone. Uh, I've had two bosses and Dave and Scott that from the get-go have said, listen, you have a game, a school event, recital, you just go because uh, they know the work is getting done. And not only does that provide me that opportunity, it makes me even more eager to repay that faith and that understanding, that flexibility. So it's a big two-way street. And um, I, I just appreciate that opportunity. Uh, it, it's a part of being here in this area with, with family nearby. And um, I, I'm sure I'd find a way to make it work otherwise. But you know, when I'm at work, I really try to focus on what I'm doing there. When I'm here, I try and do the same. I'm not always perfect about it, but right. uh, you know, pretty good. And I think it served me well. Yeah, and I think it's great advice, being able to prioritize your time, both personally and professionally. And I think, you, again, going back to people, it's working for the right people that understand that, that know, you know, hey, as long as you're getting your work done, there is some flexibility. And so, Chris, great career. As you think back to your entire career and you've had a lot of fun memories, what's been your best one? Well, I, I thought a lot about this and uh, it's it's hard to pick just one, but I, I hadn't yet started dating my wife, Denise, when I started uh, working at, at the AHL. It was shortly thereafter. So my time at the AHL and my time uh, with Denise and, and, our, and our family sort of mirror each other. Yep. So it's been fun to watch my kids and see pictures at, at, at all-star games and our annual meeting in South Carolina and other events that have come up where, you know, Facebook memories is a part of that because you see these pictures come up again and again. It's been fun to watch them grow up and be a part of that because when I started, I was a single guy. Now I'm a father of three teenagers and uh, getting to see them enjoy that benefit uh, yep. has been a lot of fun. So, and certainly the people. I mean, we've worked really with a great group in Springfield that, that started with Dave, continues with Scott. Um, if it wasn't for that, it would have been a, a different landscape. But, you know, this league has come a long way. It's twice as big as it was when I started. And again, I, I'm not taking credit for that. I was yeah. a part of it. And for that, I'm proud. Of. Yeah. Um, it's just been a terrific journey to watch the league uh, get to where it is. And really, the best part is it, it doesn't end. You know, this right. isn't a movie where the credits roll and we're good. Like this, as you know, with what you do, there's always more to be done. And yep. uh, I consider that to be a good thing. That's a challenge. It's an opportunity. And we'll just, we just keep pushing. So um, as long as they'll have me, I'm here. Keep plugging away. No, well, Chris, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey, both personally and professionally. And so to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Yes. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life every day, what would it be? It would be my mom's uh, chicken and rice. Uh, with a giant salad and lots of feta cheese and a big piece of bread on my parents' back porch uh, with a uh, back east brewery porter in, on the table and probably at least another one in the fridge. <laughs> another one to go with it. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? You know, I'm almost ashamed to admit uh, if I had to produce a bucket list for you, something in writing or otherwise, I don't really have one. You don't have one? Um, I have stuff that I've been very fortunate to do. And I really, uh, I'm going to keep working for quite a while. When the time comes, I, could, I definitely want to travel more, uh, hopefully with my family. Uh, we have a Greece trip, hopefully next summer. Oh, nice. And we want to get to Ireland to balance that out. But I've always said, I, we want to do that when the kids are old enough to legally and comfortably have a point with us. Right. Uh, so that'll, be, that'll be a little bit later. Ready to go. <laughs> but, uh, 
I guess it's a good idea to start writing some of that stuff down so I won't get stumped by that question next time. <laughs> and when you get to that point where you're ready to retire and do it, you want to have a, a laundry list yeah. of things you want to do. Yeah. And Chris, if you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? Well, there's a lot of choices there and many former Boston Red Sox players. But if I had to pick one, it would be Bruce Springsteen for sure. I am a, a admitted fanatic uh, I, since I was 14 years old. And as corny as it sounds, uh, honestly, it's been a backdrop to good and bad and all along the way in my life. Um, I've seen him a lot in concert. He's touring again next year. I can't wait. Um, just, uh, you know, his music, his message, and he's 50 years into this and he's still making music that matters. And, it, you know, he's older than me, but I'm, you know, similar stage of life. So as he writes about marriage and family and losing loved ones and so on and so forth, like, Kind of resonates with you. Kind of moving, moving right along with him as things happen like that. No. And, uh, so that would be a great opportunity. And if it could be with my mom's chicken and rice on our porch, even better. Life, life is complete. Well, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, I'm not sure how much new ground I'm making, but uh, I mean, hard work it, it can't be replaced. I mentioned our restaurant. I mentioned growing up, working there. We still own it. I'm still there one day a week. I go in super early uh, one day a week for a few hours. Um, but you just, you just can't, you can't make that up. You can't fake it. You just have to work and work and work. I was going to tell my kids, you'll outlast people if you do that. Yep. Um, treat people well, uh, no matter who they are, whatever their titles are, or if they own a team or if they're a first year AE or they're working in the building or parking your car when you get there, just, just be nice as you can be. Because why, why wouldn't you be? Um, and more on the business side, just knowing your, knowing your product. I mean, whatever it is you might do, know it cold. Be the expert. You know, be the one that is spreading the message. Uh, don't leave anything to guesswork. Um, and if I could tack on a fourth, I mentioned passion. Um, find something you love to do. You know, in my case, I have my family first. I have this job. Uh, you mentioned the Panamax Challenge, which I ride every year. And, my family's efforts, uh, we've raised uh, an awful lot of money to, to support the Jimmy Fund, which is a, a personal uh, effort for, for me and a lot of people. But just find that one thing, um, because when, it, when, when the job might be a little shaky or you, you're trudging your way and really just kind of grinding things out to have something you can turn to and, and, and have it be a positive all the time really goes a long way as well. So. Uh, amazing. Chris, thank you so much. You certainly had a great career. Pleasure talking to you. And I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Travis, it's been great to get to know you the last little while. And uh, I appreciate this opportunity and uh, look forward to doing more with you. Uh, this kind of thing and certainly having you back to speak with our teams. Uh, you did a terrific job with that group and there's a lot more we can do there together. So I appreciate this and enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.